Hey, golfers. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Chasing Your Best. This podcast is dedicated to the golf learning curve, here to give you tools, best practices, and just help you whittle away towards whatever is important to you. Just a quick backstory. My job is to help people play better golf. I have a golf academy in Spokane Valley, Washington. I've taught the game for the past decade, and I've dedicated my career to helping golfers. Now, throughout that process, I write down notes, I pay attention to what people are doing, how they're learning, what they're going through, the ebbs and flows of learning, and I just get to teach a lot of different personality types, a lot of different players and their stages of development, and I try to pass those things along as I'm, as I'm learning, and as I'm in lessons, I'll jot things down that I might want to talk about during the podcast, and this week is no different. I, a subject I want to talk about today is how to score the golf ball better. A lot of players, when they first come in to see me, they have scoring goals. Scoring goals are important. I've talked about in the past, the fastest way to shoot better scores for most of us is to hit more greens. Greens and regulation. That is the pathway to shooting better scores faster. But let's jump over to the other side of scoring that is important. And 50% of the game will always be played here. And that's within 50 yards of the hole. 50% of the game or more will always be played within 50 yards of the hole. Now I want you to think about a player who even hits 14 greens. Say they hit 14 greens and on most of those greens they two putt. That's 28 putts. And then on those other holes they one chip and two putt or whatever. We're already at more than halfway to par. So I just want you to understand that a lot of the game is played close to the hole and putting is a great way to make more birdies. It's a great way to save pars chipping and your wedges, your wedges can literally be the most, one of the most important tools in your bag because they're either going to help you make more birdies or save more pars. And for a lot of us that play courses from the members tees or whatever, we're hitting a lot of scoring irons, a lot of wedges. We're having a lot of opportunities to, to use those things to get us close to the hole. So if we understand the concepts of how to use our wedges, how to use our putters, how to score the golf ball better, that can translate into handicaps, lower handicaps, better scores, and better scores that really hold up under pressure and weather. And I think that's something that isn't talked about a lot, but if you are a great wedge and putter player, a great wedger putter, great wedger putter, if that's a thing, you will play better in the weather. You will play better under pressure. Because one thing that happens when you go to play a tournament is they make the golf courses harder. And if they make the golf courses harder, you're going to hit less greens, if you hit less greens, you're going to have more opportunities to use your wedges. And then when the weather goes sour, same deal. You're playing in a 40 mile an hour wind and you're playing with some rain. It's harder to hit greens. You can be more proficient with your wedges and your putter. You are set up a cut above the rest to score the golf ball more consistently, proficiently. And uh, I, I'm just really betting on that player to have that consistent score range where maybe on the good days they shoot 75 and on the bad days they shoot 82. A player that's a bad wedge player and a bad putter, they may shoot 75 and then they may shoot 90 or 95. That's very common. So let's first talk about the flat stick. The flat stick is very, very important. Even if you're hitting greens, you still need to make putts and we wanna capitalize on birdie putts. Now, just from an overarching perspective here, let's talk about strategy when we're putting. I want you to, when you putt, I want you to hope to roll the ball six to 18 inches past the hole. And we're gonna say that's within about a 15 foot buffer circle. If you're putting within that 15 foot, call it birdie putt radius, 
it's reasonable to expect to roll the ball past the hole, six to 18 inches to even 24 inches. As long as you're past the hole in that realm, you're doing very, very well. The other thing I want you to do is if your putt is breaking, I want you to miss on the high side. And I want you to pay attention to what side you're missing on. Maybe jot it down in your notes for a few rounds. What side did I miss on? High or low? High or low? What, what direction is that ball going? If you are consistently missing your putts that break on the high side, I promise you, you will make more, more birdie putts. Way too often I see players miss on the low side and they don't give themselves an opportunity. Be in the small percentage of players that miss on the high side and you're gonna watch a few of those disappear. Outside of 15 feet, we're really trying to get it in that two putt radius. So let's put it up next to the hole within a two foot circle and then make that follow up putt. This is where distance control becomes imperative. Most three putts happen because of poor distance control, not poor aiming. A lot of people think that they jack short putts and miss them, and, and that can be true, but most people will miss their putts six feet short or six feet long, and they're set up to, to make a really hard putt coming back. And if you're leaving yourselves these long putts, it's either gonna be a very mentally grinding day or you're gonna miss some and you're gonna three putt, and you're gonna be just like the rest of us that we all three putt occasionally. It's just how often are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it more or less? I like less. I want you to be better at distance control. One way to develop your distance control is just to go out and, and focus on that. I like, I like two styles of putting practicing. I like practicing the short putts you're supposed to make, th two footers, three footers, four footers. Go around the hole, knock those in, build your confidence, learn how to aim, learn how to aim yourself really, really well. And then the other style is learning to develop your distance control. So practice putting to fringes. Practice putting just past the hole. Give yourself windows of opportunity where you're gonna set up brackets. Like, I'm gonna to hope to hit this 15 foot putt past the hole, but no more than two feet past. And you can lay a putter back there or an alignment rod and just use this kind of variation within your practice. Set yourself up different drills and skills and kind of get to know where your limits are. So say today you went out and you set a putt from 20 feet and you said, I'm gonna putt 10 balls and I wanna get six out of those 10 balls past the hole or no more than two feet past. If it goes two feet past, two feet one inch past, it doesn't count. If it comes up short, it doesn't count. And let's say you go out and you, you do that five out of 10 times. Well, now you have a little metric you can write down. Now you have a scorecard. And next time you go back, you can hope to be a little better. And if you're not better, you can look in the mirror and say, hey, why am I not better? Am I not practicing my distance control often enough? Because for a lot of people, that is the case. They don't practice their distance control often enough. And another side note on putting here, a lot of players struggle with their distance control because they skid the golf ball. And you'll see this on longer putts, you'll see that ball comes off skidding, skipping, and it just, it makes it really hard because that ball isn't rolling forward sooner than later. It's, it's skipping, skidding, and then eventually it grabs traction and rolls. The biggest reason I see for this is players hit their putts on a descending blow. And that descending blow of the putter and too low to the ground also, they're hitting it low on the ground with a descending stroke and it just pops that ball up into the air. Now, an ideal putting stroke is one where we hit the ball, golf ball, on a slightly upward stroke and we want the putter to hit near the equator of the golf ball or slightly above it. So when that putter works up to the golf ball, it hits near the equator and it gets it rolling as fast as possible. And I don't know, you can just really see it from an observation standpoint. If you watch a player that rolls a pier versus a player that pops it and they create a lot of skid through those 
first early stages of their pup. Now, another thing that most putters do, or most poor putters do, that really doesn't lend them the opportunity to be good at distance control is they don't have enough acceleration in their stroke. So when they go back to 30 feet, we see the chink in the armor that as they putt, as they follow through, you get these big long follow throughs. If you ever watch a player from an observatory or observation and you see them follow through and it's going knee high, sky high, or knee high, waist high with their follow through, you can totally blame that on them not having enough acceleration into the hit of the back of the ball. How do we fix that? Well, I like, I like setting something out in front of the shaft of your putter as, as an obstacle and learning to accelerate before you hit that object. Having shorter follow throughs, just be cognizant of that. Accelerating into the back of the ball and not following through too far. All we're simply trying to do is flip that script where instead of making a short backswing with a long follow through, we're making a longer backswing with a shorter follow through. And ultimately, we're just trying to settle in a place that's relatively equidistant. But a lot of players that struggle with not enough acceleration, they don't have a long enough back through, backswing, and they're making up for it with a follow through that's too long and lacks acceleration. And they're just hoping, they're praying, they're sending out prayers, hoping those prayers will fall into the hole. But that's not how it's going to work. You need to develop a stroke where you can put a good roll on the golf ball. Now, we've dived off into putting quite a bit there. Putting is important. I don't want you to over over skip that. It's just, it's an important tool. Being effective with your flat stick, especially as you get in that upper echelon of playing, is a, separate, is a separator and a differentiator. There are a lot of great players that hit the ball pretty well, although the best hit it the best. But then a lot of great players, their, their, their game ebbs and flows with their putter because they're going to go out and hit 12, 13, 14, 15 greens, but we don't know what's going to happen with their putter. Now let's get into wedge mechanics. And we won't dive too deep into wedge mechanics today, but I want to give you a couple best practices, a couple ideas that are going to help you, I don't know, regulate or become more proficient with your wedges or understanding of them. Now from a basic wedge play perspective, I like a player to set up with more weight on their lead foot, their target side foot. Let's call it 60, 40, 70, 30, somewhere in between there. The reason for that is we do not have time for a weight shift. And if you don't know how to put your weight on your front foot, just kick your hips a little bit more towards the target. Bump those hips out towards the target. That'll place more weight under the lead foot. I like a relatively narrow stance. And the reason for that as well is so our body can turn and move through the shot. Now, another thing I really like if we're getting into preferences here is I like a club face that's just laid open a little bit. And what that's going to do is that's going to engage the bounce of your club because great wedge players use the bounce of their club really, really well. It's fun to watch. And if you're using the bounce of your club, that club should be able to slide along the fairway and not dig in. This is where you can get into the weeds about club fitting. What is the right amount of bounce for you and your club fitting? Well, for most of us, it's more than less. But if you're using the bounce, we want to be able to slide that bounce along the ground for a space of a couple inches. And if you're doing that, there's a lot of forgiveness to that style of shot because you can err a little bit. You don't need to pinch it perfectly and still get a successful golf shot. If you've got a flat swing bottom out in front of that golf ball that's a couple inches long, now you've got some forgiveness in how you can hit that ball, how you can strike it, how you can approach it. So I like the club face slightly open. I like the stance narrow. I like the weight forward. And then as we swing, we're going to keep our arms relatively straight. Like, I want you to think straight arms and soft hands. Don't create tension in your forearms and allow your body to just turn and rock back and forth and keep those arms very, very straight. As you get into the longer pitches, more of the full swings, yes, the arms need to bend, but from a basic structure standpoint, 
we're going to keep the arms relatively straight. We're going to keep the hands soft and relaxed. And we're just going to allow that pendulum to work back and forth with straight arms. And then when you get to your finish, if we're hitting a chip shot, and this applies to almost every chip shot for most of us, most, if you struggle with contact that's hitting the ground behind the ball, which a lot of you do, one, the weight forward is important. And then, then two, it's, it's when do we unload the club or what are you doing with the hinge of that arc? And a lot of players, they have the flip. And that flip, as we all know, tends to create contact problems. It also tends to create problems with sending the same amount of loft into the back of the golf ball because we don't know because that loft is flipping through. So when you finish, especially on these short pitch shots, I want you to keep the shaft of the club basically in line with your lead arm or pointing to the target side of your belly button. This is gonna teach you to hit the golf ball with a little bit of forward shaft lean. If you get into the weeds of reading articles and YouTube videos, you're gonna hear people say, release the club. You're gonna hear people say, hold on to the club. Well, all we're trying to do is create the similar amount of loft through the hitting area. And then we can use the release of the club to dictate the loft of the shot. More release, more loft, less release, less loft. But for our standard everyday shot, having a little bit of forward shaft lean, having the weight forward, having a predictable swing bottom and a flat swing bottom that we can trust, utilizing the bounce of our club is a forgiving way to hit a wedge shot that we can trust and we can build on from there. If you all have questions or you wanna get into the weeds about any of these subjects, shoot me an email or reach out to me on my socials. I would love to hear your perspective and what you'd like to learn more about. Let's wrap this week up. Let's keep doing a little bit every day in the name of better golf. I appreciate y'all for hanging out. I will catch you back here, same time, same place, next week.